1: We've made it to a Thursday. I have to say we made it, even though it's not Friday yet, because uh, yesterday we had our AMI Christmas party, and a lot of people stayed out, hung out late in the middle of the week. How irresponsible. And then, you know, there's always the question of who's going to show up the next day to work. But at least Kelly and I have made it. He's made it back to London, and we're back on your screens for Kelly and Romeo. Kelly McDonald, Ramya Emmerdun, how are you feeling, Kels?
3: Good, good. No staying out late for me. Well, I shouldn't say that. The train ride back to London, a little, you know, late, uh, uh, and and of course you get sleepy. But as soon as you start nodding off, sir, can I get you something?
1: Well, no,
3: I better. We were talking about that.
1: They always come in with the drinks, and I find this on flights as well. Just as I'm dozing off, finally found that comfortable position. Excuse me, would you like some water? Well, yeah, I obviously want the water because I don't know when it's going to come back around again later. That's so. right.
3: Or when you don't want, or sorry, when you want something very particular because they've told you our meals are this, this, and this. We're, oh, I like all three of those. Uh-huh. I'm hungry. And that that's when you doze off and ate. Well, sir, we didn't want to wake you up. You were sleeping well.
1: Oh, no, wake no, me I up. No, Always, yes. Yeah, yes. I always look like I'm dozing, so assume I'm not and I want my drink, please. Your eyes were closed. <laughs> I'm blind. This is how oh. I listen to podcast. Yeah okay. <laughs> uh, Kells do you dust? How often do you dust? Not
3: enough um, and I can get I can tell you this as a fact That's Matt made a answer. wonderful desk for me um, it's a, a raised up a desk that I can lift and like so on and the one th- yeah standing mm-hmm. desk that goes up down sit stand kind of moderate um, when when he when he brought it here we set it up he said I need you to dust this more than you dusted the other one. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Did you take a look at your so, place and think, huh? Yeah, lots of it's, a, it's, it's a necessary. studio
3: and over there, you know, probably dust behind that poor yeah. camera over there. Yeah.
1: yeah. I used to think, enough. like, okay, I vacuum, so, you know, dust is just going to get magically sucked up even if I'm not directly vacuuming you, Even the if spot. it's on the ceiling? Yeah, even if it's on, the, exactly, even if it's on my <laughs> monitor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll you know just I mean, run to the vacuum. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Like, the vacuum is so um, suction heavy, like, it'll work yep. it out. But anyway, I do actually not mind dusting because my cleaning sessions are meant for, like, all day, right? Like, I'm all day cleaning, and it's just a kind of a relaxed environment, put my music on. Remember we talked about this, the Sunday vibes? So mm-hmm. dusting is part of that. It just how often do I do it? Jazz music. Just jazz it up, man, and dust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if there's, like, a dusting playlist on Spotify. I think there should be. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. What else is coming up on today's show? Let's find out. We're talking about the weirdest insurance claims that people have made. Jeff Ryman's got a source, and he's got some stories for us on what in the world.
3: He fills in for Grant, so I think that's it. Weirdest. Hey Jeff, nice to see you. Uh, There's a special event being put on by the Disability Rights Coalition of Nova Scotia. Laura Bain will be here to give us the details.
1: That's an hour two, also in hour two is the weekly round table and today Greg David from our communications department will also show up. So more AMI people having to work the day after the party. (laughs) Um, Shocker, shocker, the
3: company comes to a stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't think Greg David was gonna make it. Just kidding. Um, Um, So, (laughs) Time Magazine, surprise, surprise, has named Taylor Swift its Person of the Year. Swift was picked from a group of nine finalists that included Barbie, uh, King Charles III, Open Eye Chief Executive Sam Altman, among others, and her year taylor swift's year included the popular eras tour the movie the release of her reimagined 1989 album and her closely watched relationship with kansas city uh houston what yeah hughes right hughes a titan travis oh my god kelsey she's even the subject of several college courses and this is her performing cruel summer song that everybody knows that's what we're hearing in the background So I think the, uh, yeah, that's a good song, actually. I do enjoy this song. I have not listened to her latest album. There's the chorus. And what I wanted to say about this really is the runner-up or, or, like, the other people, I guess, who were considered for the Time, Time Magazine Person of the Year um, is kind of interesting. Obviously, Taylor Swift is going to take it. Like, there's just no question about this kind of thing anymore, right? Taylor Swift's on everybody's mind, on everybody's lips for one reason or a billion reasons for why she would be. Um, but the part that's interesting to me is the college courses, Kels. I didn't realize, I mean, yes, you can make college courses out of everything, obviously, but I didn't realize that she there was so much to dissect about Taylor Swift that there would be entire courses, not just like part of courses or part of um, um, syllabus, syllabi, anyway, but actually that there are courses built around Taylor Swift, uh, probably for the business side of things, success side of things, women empowerment. These are just me guessing, by the way.
3: Uh, pop culture yeah pop culture, um, and I think definitely. that's where you get a lot of it right that it's the impact that someone has because when you look at these people and and some of the people on that list too you say okay if I was going to how many people were engaged with 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 Charles how many with with uh, you know Prince Charles how many or King Charles now how many were engaged with you know Sam Maltin? The the whole thing becomes this wow that influence but the whole world was involved in what was going on with Taylor Swift from the sports world, the people that are Swifties to Mm -hmm. people that are moviegoers and just one, and that impact is tremendous. I know we had lots of impact people wanting to watch Coronation and so on, um, but it's phenomenal. When you think about all the impact these folks and still have, and, and in different ways, you know, we talk chat GPT every day here. Yeah. So one would argue it out that, oh, no, no, I'm sure there are people out there in the tech world that are you nuts? We I never heard of this woman right. you know
1: and the ripple effect is magnificent right because mm. you know she makes this much money so then that opens the conversation around the business side of things and that That's opens right. m- further about like okay then what are concerts going to look like now and then what is she going to do next about this and oh my gosh uh, her album re-released and that c- so there's all these different parts and then that opens up even further to like her relationship status and what's going on here what's going on there is this for the business is this for the promotion so yeah it's just one of these things that keep looping back and looping back and when you're in the spotlight, media mm -hmm. when you're in the spotlight Mm -hmm. you're in the spotlight for everything about you but she's doing a great job just keeping her head on straight and kind of like being the talk of the town but not necessarily talking so much about it and I think that's what I appreciate about Taylor and uh, some of these other women that we talk about in these same circumstances just being on top of the world after the break We got audio entertainment for you and a bit of tech. We got the short list of apps and games that are making it to Apple Viz's Golden Apple Awards. Now, this is a very community-driven project, so we're going to find out more about that. It happens every year with Michael Fair.
2: Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back.
1: with you on ami welcome back it's kelly and rumia and we are holding down the fort on a thursday now we remind you that it's a thursday no matter if you're listening to the podcast on a different day because you can follow along to these staple segments that we have and one of them is our audio entertainment and tech with mike fair
4: Audio entertainment
1: and accessible technology are
4: increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. We'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya.
1: Each year, the community of blind and low vision uh, users on the Apple Viz website votes for the Golden Apple Awards. And Mike, you're going to tell us about this year's shortlisted uh, listed apps and games, and there's always some you know, interesting new things to, to check out, to discover, or just to keep track of how projects are actually going and how people in the low vision blind community are feeling about it. So are there any rules? rules for apps to be eligible for these awards?
4: Basically, to get to eligible for that year's awards, the app has to have been either created or significantly updated within that year. So that's the first thing. Uh, It has to be totally accessible to blind and low vision. So you can't have something that's super but only partially accessible. Uh, And it has to be best in class. So it has to be an app that is recognized as top quality uh, in, in that particular area. So those are basically the criteria. Uh, so as long as apps keep being updated, they can be years old and still get an award years later if, mm. if the updates are significant enough to, uh, and that to would, merit that.
3: That would mean repeat
4: as well? you know, yeah, like I, I think could, we have. Technically? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure we I, have. Yeah, I we've had at least a couple apps have done repeat uh, Apple golden apples. Right. Uh, who's eligible to vote? So basically, to be eligible to vote, uh, the, the rules are you have to be a registered member of the Apple Viz community. Now, that is free, so you just got to go there, sign up, uh, you know, create an account. You have to be logged into that account for the voting form to actually appear. Uh, and you shouldn't vote if you're not blind or low vision. So they don't really want sighted people voting on these things. And they don't want people who are uh, employed uh, by a developer on the shortlist. So that's that's basically their rules as, as to who can vote there.
1: And are people limited to apps and games uh, for the shortlist?
4: Yeah, but it, it's basically uh, you're not limited to the shortlist. So you can vote for an app or game that's not on the okay. list. You can vote other, and then nice. you can name your app of choice. Now, your app should fall into that criteria uh, yeah, uh, that for I listed sure. above. Right. But that's that's basically it. So you could do that. And theoretically, we could have a winner that was not on the original shortlist. I don't think that's happened yet, but it could. Wow. Uh,
3: How long do we have to vote?
4: You have until December 10th, uh, 10 p.m. PST. Uh, I guess these folks are California time. Uh, So that is uh, when votes close. You still got a little while. You still got like a a few days to uh, put your thinking cap on and put your votes in there.
1: So let's get into it. How diverse are the apps in the shortlist?
4: Well, this year we have a less diverse crowd. We have a number of apps that are similar that do the same things, just approach them a bit differently. So uh, for example, we have Weather Gods and Please Don't Rain, both weather-related and take somewhat different approaches to that, to giving you your forecast, giving you the information you need. Uh, We have Be My Eyes, Envision AI, and seeing AI, uh, which are all apps that use the camera and either artificial intelligence or sighted help and internet connection to provide assistance uh, via the camera on your phone. So, those three apps are, I, I kind of think of them as the same category, and they're, one of them's going to win uh, almost certainly, I think, um, but we could be surprised. We have uh, Mona, which is the best app uh, currently for accessing Mastodon, the Mastodon platform, and we have Dystopia, which is the best app for Reddit, apparently, uh, from what I've Mm. heard. It's the most accessible approach to Reddit if people are into that uh, community. Uh, Voice Vista is a bit of a unique one this year. It is uh, a very popular improvement on Microsoft's efforts with Soundscape because they pulled Soundscape from the App Store and made it open source, and a bunch of developers pounced on that code and now we have a bunch of alternatives that uh, take what Microsoft did and expand on that. So that's great for people wanting to navigate by sound.
3: I wanna just mention that like the, the weather ones always make me smile because I think so many, for so long Mike, weather's been one of those hard things cause it's a great way for people to put up clouds and graphs and things like that, that you know to spell it out to people. And when we talk about ones that are made accessible for us, it's, it's pretty tremendous.
4: You love your, especially weather when the extras are, you what know, l- like weather gods for example. puts in all the uh, <laughs> all the all the little animations. It tells what the weather yes. gods are doing, which is kind of cool. Yeah,
3: I like that. It's cool. Uh, how do things look for best game this year?
4: Best game, we have a much more diverse range. Uh, we have a lot of the a different, totally different games. Xanagrams uh, is a word game, very popular, uh, very easily t- uh, ac- accessed. Never um, heard Sweet of Pot it. two. Ah, That you might want to check out. It's a fun little one from a new developer who's totally blind. And uh, Fruit Pot 2, popular slot machine game. Again, very easy to get into. Uh, Purple Friday is a kind of a weird time travel adventure. Six Ages 2, Lights Going Out. That is a fantasy strategy game that uh, combines text choose your own adventure with uh, strategy stimulation. Uh, Space Wave Race is an arcade audio game. So that is a very diverse, I think there, there are a couple more I can't remember from the, uh, there are 10 of each in the short list, And uh, so that's a, a really diverse, very different slew of games uh, to pick from. So uh, unlike apps, we have a much broader yeah. uh, spread there.
1: Yeah, like the types of games that we're dealing with. Uh, did you try all of these games?
4: I I think so. I might have missed. I can't quite remember all ten of the short list. I might have missed one, but I don't think so. I think I've, I've tried them all. Yeah, mm. probably.
1: And are you partial? Yeah. Like I know we cover a lot of these text-based adventure games and such. Uh, not as many of the puzzle games, but you have. Are you partial to any of these?
4: I lean towards uh, more sort of adventure kind of. The uh, uh, Six Ages Two is mm-hmm. just. There's so much. Uh, craftsmanship and accessibility in that, it's a more expensive game and harder to sort of get into, but, boy, if you do, you're rewarded for that effort. Uh, Fruit Pot 2 and Space Wave Race were both pretty cool. We, I think we covered both of those uh, on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm a little less enamored of word games sometimes, but we do have uh, Xanagrams, and I think there might be another word game out there uh, this year. So yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to some things, but all of it, the, if they make it, uh, like this is a popularity thing. So if these things get noticed by right. editors at Apple, Vist, that means they're, they've made the grade, they're, right.
1: <laughs> they're up there. They're making How it How often
4: there.
3: do you, dis- I, when I say disagree, do you kind of like, what, that one lost out to that in popularity or whatever you consider, oh, Michael, yeah. do you find that your, your battle every year that it's like, well, no way.
4: Well, you know, for me, it's usually a case of quantity, like popularity beats quality of effort. Yes, yes, of course. Which always gets me, right? So that's what what, what ruffles my feathers more than anything else. I think we have a lot of apps that are like a lot of effort uh, has been put into them. And yet, you know, another app will be so popular. uh, And despite its simplicity or, you know, it seeming uh, less complexity, uh, you know, it will win. Uh, you know, so that there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the honorable disagree. mentions
3: or the E for effort, right, that you would like to see more yeah. of.
4: Yeah, and, and I'd like to see more acknowledgement and exploration of ingenuity and, and the efforts uh, people oh, have sure. made to make things accessible. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I don't know if that's because we feel it would encourage the continuation of that kind of thing. But I, I don't know, maybe we're beyond that. Maybe that view now is there's so much awareness of the accessibility and the things and, and even just these awards kind of thing now is very recognized out there by the creators and stuff like that. So maybe they're beyond needing that because they know they're doing the great work and if they're flattered by the people just using it.
4: Possibly. Yeah. That would be great if, if we're in there. I still got asked uh, not too long ago how I managed to eat without seeing what I was doing. Oh dear. So I I think we should still use some words. <laughs> so
3: just tell basic them just ways. tell them tie a string to the spoon and one to
1: your tooth. Yeah. Uh, it's two magnetic. Two. There's a lot yeah. of magnetic <laughs> yeah. involvement. Um, no, it, it's true, like we definitely do have the conversations around the deeper impacts of these things, but at the end of the day with these awards, they make it very simple, right? Like you vote for what you like and then the the popularity contest or you know just We start to understand where the community is leaning towards, and it's fun. like Games, clearly, it's meant to be fun. Any guesses from your end on who might be winning the uh, Golden Apple Awards this year?
3: Yeah, do you make a list of your own ahead of time, Michael? What you think will happen, (laughs) like Rums?
4: I always come up with, with, yeah, my possible pick. I can't help myself, right? Um, And This year, I would be amazed if Be My Eyes doesn't take the App of the year because it's just it's so accessible. It's free for everybody. It's so helpful, and you know, artificial intelligence is the talk of the town. So all those things I think will combine to make it a winner. I'd be very surprised if uh, if something else even has a ghost of a chance of beating that. Uh, games it's tough tougher. We have a lot of I think uh, popularity is going to win out there uh xanagrams uh fruit pot two both of those are very popular fruit pot just updated with a christmas edition uh, a bunch of christmas slot machines and shops to fool around in so you know they've these apps are updating yeah, no one's sort of resting on their laurels we've had uh, efforts in all of these over the past year so uh, yeah i'll be very interested in the game side it's much more open uh, I think to to something taking the prize. But be my eyes, I would be amazed if that got beat this year. Just given the the sheer helpfulness of that AI that they've just unleashed in that app.
1: Yeah, there's uh, I'd say. Be My Eyes is like the thing that everybody's talking about, continuing to explore with such depth and excitement. So it's on everybody's mind, right? Um, But they don't categorize it differently, do they, Mike? Or did I miss that somewhere along the way in terms of apps versus games?
4: It's basically you get one vote for best app and one for best game. So you fill in both of those uh, slots. And then you submit your vote. Basically, is how that okay, works. Okay, but will they pick so, a winner
1: for games and a winner for apps? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Best app
4: and best game. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. All right. Sick. Oh, well, we're looking forward to hearing um, the winners. And when is that coming out again? Uh,
4: the voting is until uh, the tenth. So just a few days to vote. And then I'm not sure how long it'll take them to actually, you know, do the work of, uh, you know, going, mm. counting all those votes before and, the end of the uh, year, though, with the reward oh yeah definitely before
1: the end of the year all right cool so keep posted on the apple this community thanks mike Alrighty, my pleasure we got a couple more weeks with mike before we wrap for the year so looking forward to the audio entertainment and tech coming our way on thursdays after the break bi-weekly what in the world and today we're talking about the weirdest insurance claims that people have made we're definitely ready to roll our eyes with this one jeff ryman has got the scoop we'll be right back it's kelly and rumia
2: Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment.
1: How often do you actually go look up words that come up in books or in context while you're reading something that you're unfamiliar with? Do you pause and go check out the definition and then retain the definition and then start using it so you're like, yes, this is now part of my attempt to uh, expand vocabulary?
3: 21 seconds ago. Oh, oh how many times? Uh, no, like
1: in general, this is part I'm of your When I'm reading a book,
3: on average, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but, and it always has. Like when I'd go to plays, I could tell who used a, a thesaurus when they wrote the play. Because some of oh, my God, play yeah. theater buddies, it's just like they sat there with a thesaurus open beside them and were writing and <laughs> pulling out the words. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't even understand this. And if now, if, if then I had the iPhone and could just simply, I know I'd spend half the play, what does this and so and so mean? Yeah. You know, because I do get curious. So I would say when reading a book, uh, probably. Twice in the book. Maybe.
1: Hmm. Okay. Is it because, like, the word sounded really interesting or that you couldn't figure out the
3: concept without it? Most time, it's vintage. It's a word maybe from the past or Uh, describing something. Like, um, remember when I was telling you I was playing around a lot with those darn uh, western books and they would refer to something called bear sign. I thought, what the heck is bear sign? Uh, Donuts. Oh, Excuse me. But uh, that—that so I looked that up because what the heck? And I didn't know if this thing would know it or not. I was like, "What's bear sign?" And of Mm. course, get told it's donuts. All
1: right. Well, there you go. Back in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, it's easy now, right? You don't have to do go flip it? through. Yeah, I do. But it, it, that's what I was just going to say. It's easy now, so I do it. If it was still in the ages yeah. of flipping through oh, a dictionary.
3: Oh, going to the library and taking a bunch it. of words. No, yeah. no, I wouldn't. Even I'd make me, up a meaning for it.
1: Even for me, copying and pasting it into the search engine is too much. But when I'm at home, it's easier. Just pause my book yeah. and uh, ask Google.
3: Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. tell me. And I think it's interesting because that's like what we talked about the other day with Jeffrey, um, the, the reflection of people searching out mm-hmm. stuff. And bringing them on, Jeff, to kind of like, okay, where's that word? Where's the research? Jeff Ryman joining yeah. us for what in the world? As we do this every couple of weeks on the program, um, do you do you look up stuff, Jeff? Like, oh,
5: when you... all, all the, the time. time. It all the time. It, it, it's either in movies or in books, or if you see an article and you're just like, what does that even mean? Um, mm-hmm. I I like doing that. I feel like it improves your vocabulary. And then once you look up a word, you can potentially reuse it and sound super smart. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, and, and then make the other person have to look up that word. Nice. And it's funny because um, I'm rewatching Friends, and currently in season four, it's when Joey goes out and buys the thesaurus, or at least <laughs> just 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 or an encyclopedia. <laughs> it was an one. encyclopedia? Because
1: the guy came an to encycl- his house. <laughs>
5: Yeah, the guy came to his house and he only got the encyclopedia the with the V's. So he was like, anybody oh, want to talk gosh. about uh, the Vietnam yes. War or Vaz deferens? And he just, you know, <laughs> spinning out these words, trying to sound like all the V's. Uh, all yeah. the V's. Yeah, and then one. that was it. So yeah, I definitely do that a lot. And like I said, it's kind of a neat way to improve your vocabulary and um, kind of sound smart from time to time what's the most do you recall one of the most recent words you might have looked up that
3: you're either using oh. or just one that made i i don't so i'm sitting yeah, here you saying know like the bear sign was ages
5: ago the the one that really sticks out to me i was watching a show or reading something or or, or something like that and the word umbrage came up and i'm like oh yes does that mean and it's because somebody must have said i took umbrage with that Mm -hmm." jeffrey that's that's exactly what it was and and, and so i had to look it up because it's one of those older school like people don't typically use that you know it it means take offense essentially so you took umbrage to to you know that um, but yeah, that's that's the one that really sticks out to me. And now it's funny now that I know what it means, I kind of use it from time to time. So yeah. it makes me look a little bit smarter.
1: But you know, I, I find have it to. I have to
5: put this in or old. They'll make yeah. you look either old. Yeah.
1: Sorry about that. no, but I have to put this in where, as Stephen King in his writing guide on writing, um, mm. he talks about, but. Don't use a complicated word where a simple one will do. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if you know the word in your head already, that would fit the context, but you're like, no, but I want to sound smarter. I want to go to the thesaurus. I want to make this a better, you know, sentence in whatever X, Y, and Z way. He does not. Um, yeah, he because doesn't he doesn't want
3: that. people doing what we're doing. Running, I don't know what that
1: means, I better go... But and also, sometimes like a, a word just it. fits, right? Like a it word does, right? of a feeling or a description just fits. And then we the overcomplicate things by yes. going to try to make it bigger and better and smarter.
3: Now, I know some writers will say they do it if they find they're repetitively using or have to. And they know they have, yeah. so they might find a different way, simple yeah. way that suits, not just out of the blue, throw one in there. I took offense. Well, I took Umbridge.
5: Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, where it, do you want to start, man? Yeah, you know what? This is this is, this is interesting because I feel like this uh, first topic stems from a conversation we had on one of our pre-show meetings. Um, my brother works.
3: Oh, we lost you there. Did we, Try that again.
1: Did we freeze, Jeff?
3: oh no he's gonna come back and he's gonna take umbrage with zoom
1: <laughs> in the meantime um i'm learning about this word sagacious oh, the one that I
3: but, Sag- but did you notice yes. when you first looked it up it sent you somewhere else did it? That's what, that's what happened to me. It sent me to another word that I didn't have time to finish because
1: well, Yeah, because I was looking up sagacity and then it's like sagacious. And I was like, seriously, just yeah. tell me what the, the root word means when yeah. I look at oh, it. Okay, things. yeah, maybe
3: that's the way I did it yeah, because I know yeah. it said a person who is, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, are sound you there judgment. yet with the meaning? Uh, yes. Ah. What do I have it? Um, showing keen perception or discernment, sound judgment, somebody who's able to look deeply into a, a topic or a person and make good judgment about it. Jeffy, are so, you back? I'm here. Okay, good. I'm here. Okay. My internet
5: let, let, is yeah, like like Kelly, what you said is taking a bit of umbrage to me joining on <laughs> what in the world.
3: Let oh. me just fill this in before you carry on, Jeff. Uh-huh. Folks, uh, we we sometimes find a word, get challenged by the control room to utilize a word within the show, and I offered up that we need a word for Rumya today. Yeah, and this wasn't the word, out.
1: by the way. This no, no. Ramya we were just has trying no to. F- she gave us it. a word, and I was like, I don't know what that means, so we had to go look it up.
3: Yeah, so don't mind <laughs> okay. us. Uh go ahead, Jeffy we get sidetracked way too
1: easily
5: but it's it's great this
1: is supposed to be a segment gone what in the world
5: Uh, i was saying so my brother works in insurance uh he has some weird claims that he always sends my away i don't even know if he's supposed to be doing that but he does (laughs) um but you'll find out after the
3: show what are you
5: doing i did get his permission (laughs) he said it's okay to use this on air it's not like i'm giving you anybody's personal information or anything but it is rather funny. I I, I see some pictures. So send me Snapchats of, you know, the weird things that people claim. And he just does, you know, house claims. So if somebody's house floods, uh, they take a picture of whatever was damaged and they submit it. And my brother's the one who looks it up. He'll literally go on Google and and see how much an item is worth and you know appraise it and all that fun stuff. So I've asked him, like, can you compile a list? And he gave me a bunch of things that uh, I thought were hilarious or really, really cool. Um, some of the ones that are on maybe more of the hilarious side um, are food items. Some people have submitted claims for sugar cubes. Uh, <laughs> probably not worth a whole lot. He said one person claimed an onion and one person claimed a potato. So maybe a they're making a stew. potato and
1: onion? One. Are you singular.
5: One potato, one onion. If you go to the store, they're probably worth like, 20 30 40 cents for an onion like depending on where you go um so I'm and I, then I asked him I said like do you process these claims and how much do they get he said really nothing uh, I don't know why people would go through all that effort to take a picture of their rotten do they onion. do
1: it for just the sake of it like I you know what dang I don't,
5: know. I don't like, know that would be kind of funny to see that I can understand someone
3: a person that had 20 other items and threw an onion in for some reason. But you would even think, well, hold on a sec. If you make this claim, don't you have to pay uh, money I mean, off the top
1: first? We're all kind you're of you're pushing deductible? it, right? Pushing it with like, the insurance like, claims to see how much like, they would actually would cover. Yeah. yeah and, and But even if they did, they'd laugh
3: and say, well, your deductible is $500, your onion, so okay— Oh, yeah. After you pay that, you thing. can give us the $499 and 60 cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some people of us are, really are very resentful. Value.
5: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and, you know, people, you know, all the time with insurance companies, oh, they're trying to scam you this and that. And so maybe they're trying to get the better of Get the every penny companies. out of them. <laughs> Let's yeah, see what exactly. they say to this. <laughs> um, the, this might be one of my favorite ones. And my brother just told me about this the other day. A person claimed half a bag of cut grass. I'm not sure what this would be used for. Um, you know, I'm assuming somebody cut some grass, uh, put it in a bag. I don't know why they would need to claim it, but they do. Um, so I find a flood, that. Was, Jeffy. It was in the garage uh, and yeah. they had a flood. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know, but I don't know how much.
1: The use. AA... I'm curious about the yeah. use case of
5: this. It could be maybe used for an animal of some sort. I don't know. Maybe they have cows. Cows? I, I, I really Half don't a bag know. Though? Half a bag maybe of, they, of cut yeah. grass. Um.
2: Yeah, I don't know wait, how you would phrase that. Wait, wait, wait.
1: Maybe grass is a euphemism for something else. Like, we don't maybe. know what kind of grass maybe. it was. Oh. It you mean like the like recently something.
3: legalized one? <laughs> yeah. You mean that? <laughs>
1: Potentially. Maybe something else. I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah. and,
3: I, and let's be fair. That is going to happen if it already mm-hmm. has it yeah. people lose all my because marijuana burned down and uh, yeah that's right oh, the yeah. house went down you're gonna claim it you know yeah. especially people with medications or whatever they're gonna say well of course i claim my weed are you crazy you make I claim, D- iron, claim it vitamins. for
1: selling or something like that mm-hmm. like for trafficking well, purposes right
5: it would be no, the same if you years. had like if you had an expensive bottle of scotch or something yeah and right, had, yeah. you know Certainly. that went in a fire or something like you'd probably want to try to claim God. that and get some money for it right um, until they so found I out that it was responsible I, for the fire I was gonna
1: fire. say I, again I
5: don't I spilled <laughs> it into a candle oh no <laughs> I don't think the grass they're alluding to is the marijuanas no. um, but it's definitely uh, that was for my backyard <laughs> over the winter it was to
3: decay and help out the, like fertilize There's my grass no for the, share the next of the year cow's
6: food. All right, yeah. the neighborhood No cow.
5: idea. I'll, I'll get into a couple mm. of cooler ones that my brother sent me. He said that somebody had an ancient Egyptian mummy. And normally, you know, I, I've gone over to people's houses and they've had like <laughs> antique um, you know, sort of foots um, of armor, things like that. Yeah. Some, some interesting stuff like that, but it's replicas. It's, it's not like yeah. authentic or anything. He said that this person had like a legitimate ancient mummy that had, I think you know, some weird stuff inside of it. It wasn't just a decorative piece. Um, He ended up appraising it for around $4,000, which is probably Mm -hmm. pennies to what it's actually worth. But I don't know how you'd put a value on something like that. But imagine that coming across your desk, like you probably would say, oh, this is just some sort of replica um but realistically some person this could have been passed down from generation to generation yeah. in somebody's household you have no
3: yeah. idea that's the uh, that king kinda... Tut family
5: uh we're the Tutts. uh we
1: lost <laughs> we're close cousins with yeah <laughs> no but honestly though like on a real note this would be uh, hard like these are the things that we're talking about where yeah someone's claiming an onion we're rolling our eyes but other times you're actually losing Prized possessions, like things that you've carried down, things that have been pa- yeah, yeah, irreplaceable, and uh, heirlooms, and just like family sentimentality, is what you're losing, yeah. right, when things go yeah. down. And then you're trying to make the best out of a situation by claiming, and and hopefully insurance it can somewhat satisfy you, but you lose everything. Like you're not going to get that stuff back. Like this is just, um, what do you call it? Like, not it's super, super sentimental. Payment. Well, yeah. I
5: don't know. You can't yeah. really put a price tag it's, on It's, it's, invaluable. it's yeah. invaluable. But there's that right? word
1: like when we try to pay off things that we can't, you know, for emotional or uh, other sentimental things that we can't get back. I can't think of the word right the now sentimental value the word, but it, oh, you know? God,
3: yeah go that. ahead give, <laughs> give, her, give her that <laughs> word <laughs> whatever it is guys yeah. whatever. um but yeah. it's also someone like a professor let's say or somebody who's worked in in you know excavation all the you know all their life or has some of these things and so I can see a claim like this a little more than an onion
5: <laughs> yeah absolutely um I'll, I'll squeeze one more in here um, and this is along the same lines as that ancient mummy is a pistol from either World War one or World War II um, mm-hmm. you know that's obviously got some historic value maybe their their dad their grandfather their uncle whatever it may be fought in you know World War one or World War II and it's been passed down from generation to generation uh, and sadly you know it's been damaged in some sort of way you know whether it's a house fire or a flutter or, or something. Um, so that would be kind of a cool one to see you know i feel like just looking at that you would know it's probably um been around for a while and you know it's it's probably one of those things that have been passed down from generation to generation which probably doesn't have a whole lot of value in terms of money no more so sentimental Mm. yeah and that's
3: that's the hardest like rum was saying about the replace jeffy thanks pal for filling in for grant anytime i love doing this segment take care guys hey pal Grant Hardy on the road. Jeff Ryman filling in. Grant will be back in a couple of weeks with What in the World here on the program because we do that every
0: two weeks.
1: All right, well, there's a third of Canadians who believe that aliens have contacted Earth. This is a latest on a poll that Mark Phoenix is going to tell us more about on The Buzz after the break on Kelly and Rumia
2: Keep it here for more of Kelly and Rumia on AMI-tv.
1: Welcome back, thanks for sticking around. It's Kelly and Remya. We're almost at the end of our first hour here. Lots of fun going on. Uh, We barely even get to the conversations that we have slated because we have other things we want to talk about, things that come out of the break, but we'll do better. We always try to do better, right? Growth mindset. We have Mark Phoenix joining us for The Buzz. He's hanging out with us in place of Bill Shackleton, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. We have uh, The Buzz with Bill and or fire with Phoenix. Welcome back.
0: Ramya and uh, Kelly, uh, I hear you have a little bit of snow over there in the big smoke. We
1: do. We have Ooh, a little bit of very snow. Nice. It's cute. My dog is still yes, wet. Yes, it is.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Poor oh, that's pup. That's all right.
1: Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. No one's complaining yet because people can still get out of the house and the shoveling isn't terrible and it's not fully sticking around and making that gunky, what do we call that? Uh... Well, here I call it cement. (laughs) Sucks, you don't live in London. Lush, gross, yeah.
0: Yeah, the snow here in Newfoundland is very wet and heavy. I'd never encountered anything like it until I moved here. Oh, Um, happy shoveling. Well, yeah, the first couple times I had to haul it and toss it out of the way. I mean, mean, it's a good workout. I'm not going to complain about that. But
1: it's not the nice powdery stuff you want to ski in.
0: No, Mm. really not. Um, Well, what do you believe in? Well... Uh, This article from the Ottawa Citizen (laughs) off the Canadian press wire uh, indicates about 5% of Canadians are flat earthers, according to a poll conducted by (laughs) Lege. 11% said they think the lunar landings were a hoax. Don't say that in front of Buzz Aldrin, if you want to keep your nose in one piece. And Uh, one third of respondents say they think evidence that aliens have been in contact with our planet is being hidden from the public. Polling firm Leger surveyed 1,529 Canadian adults and 1,011 Americans between November 24th and 26th, asking about their beliefs in several popular conspiracy theories. Uh, The poll cannot be assigned a margin of error because it was an online survey, not a truly random sample. Come on, this is just for fun. In all, 79% of Canadians and 84% of Americans surveyed reported believing in at least one of a list of the theories listed in the poll. Um, Over a quarter of Americans say they believe global warming doesn't exist compared to 16% of Canadians. If only. I wish. Uh the most popular among Canadians and Americans alike was the notion that the mainstream media is manipulating the information it disseminates. Well, you know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. w- yeah. we, all it, we, all know we know how the sausage right. gets made. Uh-huh.
3: That's business. right,
1: as they continue to uh, turn
0: their TVs and radios and social media, you know, feeds on, <laughs> or
1: oh, your your smart devices on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In second place behind that is the long-standing theory that JFK's assassination was a cover-up. Um, More than a third of Canadian respondents and just shy of half of Americans reported they don't believe the official account of the former president's death. Uh, Many popular conspiracies about the Kennedy assassination involve Lyndon B. Johnson, the CIA, the mafia, Cuba, Russia so on and so forth. About one-third of respondents from both countries say they believe the car crash that killed Princess Di in Paris in 97 was an assassination rather than an accident. I don't know if this was before or after they watched the latest season of that show on that (laughs) streaming service. Um, The same number of Canadians said they believe scientists and governments are withholding a known cure for cancer. Hey, Mm-hmm. Oh my. Cross your fingers. Wishful thinking, right? Yeah. It would be uh, nice. Yeah. Sorry, wait, what was the
3: I hope that? I hope that one I hope a link for that one. Ooh. And yeah, that, that one, be, if it's that'd be pretty cool. That would be absolutely
0: amazing. Where
1: do yeah. you find this? 30 mm-hmm.
0: uh a little more, 32% of Canadians and 51% of Americans surveyed believe COVID-19 was created as a biological <sighs> weapon in a lab. It, that half one persists Americans. despite yeah, over half, in fact, at uh, 51%. Um from this poll. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot more stuff further down well,
2: here. And, um, and
0: I must admit, Mark, I kind of like some of these
3: newer ones because at least I can say, oh, yeah, we're still working to dispel those. But what's so disheartening is the old ones that you've led by. These are ones mm. we've heard. I've heard them since I was a child and they've been existing for oh, the world is flat. Oh, yeah, I mean, that
1: moon landing never happened. That stuff you know, has been should, around so long. They should do like cross-examination of like which one of the people who believed in this also believe in that. And then we can do yeah. like a whole psychiatric and that's assessment exactly. on this. There's okay. the
0: ones that are the same. And it's, it well. blows my mind. Well, there's one final concerning one that I'm going to point out well. here where... Um, the uh, people who uh, believe that the government and scientists are hiding the truth about the harmfulness of vaccines in general, uh, believed by forty-nine percent of Americans overall and a third of Canadians. So, uh, thanks well, we to we know that also who, has existed. Uh, for a long spread time that too. around the past 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's not great news. A lot of work ha- to have to be done, mm-hmm. uh, rolling that one back, but and, and, I, I, and pers- I'll be honest, that one I can almost understand when people
3: mm. feel we are being pushed. This is what is believed by a government other than programming us with something or sending whatever. At it's least that distrust, one I can get right? a grip. Yeah. That, you know, uh, I- I- exactly. And I can at least get a grip on how you would, when something's shoved in your face, here, try this, try this. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's in it. I, I, you know, I can at least understand that one. Some of the others, like, it's been a long time since we heard about that guy last week that fell off the planet because it's flat. <laughs> we we don't talk Sorry? about him.
1: Okay. you're no, supposed to keep that
3: quiet, Kelly. I
1: know that's yeah.
0: supposed to be the big. Where did secret, he
1: fall right? to? Do we know?
0: That's right. He okay. just well, fell off the it's, planet. It's flat. Where right? did he it turtle, it, It's turtles all the way down. That's uh, what it is. Uh-oh. Okay. You're just gonna yeah. bounce off turtle right. shells, you know, on your way that's down. Right. Yeah. I will say, yeah. with regards to you know alien contact. I mean, you know, who, who knows? It's within the realm of possibility that, you know, off worlders have been in touch and it's been, you know, covered up. But I personally wow. would like to be aware and around for first contact. Uh, that, I think, they're would be one of the us. coolest things in well, history. Mark has a tea party. They're not gonna flip
1: Mark, up. Come on. Mark
3: envisions a tea party that he's hosting, no. you know, like the Matt Hatters tea no. party. No. That would just be for the entertainment. entertainment.
1: A tea party. they're just entertaining I was thinking something that's happening. Uh,
0: I was thinking something more like the documentary film Star Trek First Contact. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's bring things back to earth. Uh from the Ottawa, this is from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC Toronto. Ottawa resident Arthur Stewart said he was surprised and concerned to learn a package he returned to Amazon's fulfillment center in Mississauga, Ontario was recently being sold at a liquidation store in Toronto, with the shipping label showing his name, address, and phone number clearly visible. He's one of several Amazon shoppers CBC identified, whose returned items were being sold at Toronto liquidation stores, with their personal information still clearly visible on the packaging, putting them at risk of identity theft, according to a prominent privacy expert. CBC Toronto investigation found the information of about three dozen people yikes on display at two locations of liquidation retailer top bins so uh eek uh, yeah I, yeah i you would think it would be normal procedure to i don't know burn off rip off cover up the tags but we know amazon we've heard stories about amazon's policies as its company just get it going go 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 you know, you got to meet these time metrics, you know, no time for stopping, don't even have time to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that falls through with that push to just go, go, go.
1: Do we know how harmful this could be? Like, obviously, in theory, this is, you know, atrocious, right? It's kind of like if you're throwing out a, a a check or a credit card information or cards, period, you know, do this, do that. It's just common knowledge that you don't want to put this stuff out there. But... Like, do you guys ever think about how far it can actually get?
0: Well, one thing that jumps to mind is with the identifying information on the packaging, someone could figure out what kind of things you're trying to purchase uh, for what, for, you know, try to guess at the reason about it and try to come up with a social engineering uh, program using that to try to get more information out of you They mm. have your phone number try some scam calls see okay. if they can fish some more hey, out simply of come back later and of be
3: in your house especially if you are buying you know if you happen to have something like well, yeah. tonos equipment and you might have one mm-hmm. piece and they might bank on the fact that you probably have others yeah you know, it doesn't even have to midst. be
1: used in these contexts right It could just no, be used period and no. whatever it could way. just
3: simply be sold for telemarketing and anything like, you know or, or stuff to be dropped off on your property like we, we you know like uh, leaflets for something it's it just simple as that not necessarily harmful but or your internet capabilities. so let's mm. knock out your internet and come back later and get into your house and your alarm system or whatever keep your ring camera from filming us doing something we shouldn't be like stealing your car.
0: Or you just get a call from someone asking, you know, did you did you really need that third sixty uh, inch television? Because you know, we got your other two here at this uh that's right. store.
3: <laughs> Would you order another one? Because every time the insurance pays off, <laughs> <laughs> we get the box before. Or we stole your original one, and every time you get a new one delivered, thanks.
0: We yeah. <laughs> love well, it. That's you, the
1: worst case. That scenario. does a
0: business. Yeah. There we go. Well. I got one more item here, and this one is from CNN. Now, all of us in Canada know you know, how real estate prices have been through the roof. It's getting harder and harder to scare up the cash to buy someplace, and a lot of people buy places pre-construction, gambling, they're going to get built. Well, hope you're sitting down for this. A five-bedroom penthouse covering almost 22,000 square feet has sold in Dubai for 500 million UAE dirhams, just over $136 million, setting a new record for one of the world's busiest luxury real estate markets. It's the penthouse of a 71-story tower called Como Residences. The yet-to-be-built apartment, that's right, this thing isn't even done yet, is located on the exclusive Palm Jumeirah, an archipelago of artificial islands known for its designer villas upscale hotels and beach clubs with infinity pools and uh, a lot of people with uh, more money than they know what to do with uh, that's why they're the... spending it oh Our...
1: my god
0: absolutely the como residences are currently under construction um the uh, com- company that brokered this sale anticipates completion by 2027. Uh, the previous record for a penthouse sale in Dubai dates back just a few months when an apartment, when a penthouse apartment of the Marsa al-Arab Hotel sold for 420 million UAE dirhams, $114 million U.S. dollars. Um, the Como Residence's penthouse is now the third most expensive in the world after Penthouse third. D at $1. Yeah, third. There's there's two more that are oh, even more expensive. Stop. Penthouse D at One Hyde Park in London, England, priced at $237 million. And the Odeon Tower Penthouse in Monaco, priced at $440 million. So, you know, start saving your pennies and uh, you know, <laughs> you might someday or, you know, your descendants further. You would think one would
3: have been in New York, right, Mark? Almost, I would have almost thought that, but no,
0: who like are, are these not people, anymore. No,
1: no. no uh, like, are people joint buying these things, or is it just like an heir? Is like someone who is able to take over this entire thing? And also, it's not even like when we say yet to be built. This is we're talking four or five years for that one particular one, right?
3: Well, yes, yeah, absolutely so big. Good, and green, I mean, we, so you it's know, just the pro- been...
1: you're banking on the prospect, like you're investing in something that isn't even real yet. You haven't even walked into this place. My goodness.
3: And and, and I know they're not been, really uh, that big, are they? Really, Mark? When you really think about it, like yeah, you yeah. think How something is a big giant, they're not thousand. Twenty, well, 20 two
0: thousand. So you know it's probably the top floor of this you know particular yeah. building. But yes, a lot of these places aren't. You know, for the price, you're buying the luxury and you're buying the reputation and you know being able to say, hey, look, I dropped two hundred million I on this view. Yeah. That's right, and uh, they probably only go there like for six months a year. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is a gamble. I know there have been horror stories definitely from Toronto. I don't know about Vancouver, Montreal and whatnot about pre-construction projects going down the drain, uh, coming back, you know, trying to like demand more money, uh, getting halted halfway through construction. I, I suspect this place is not going to end up in that kind of situation, but, no. I mean, you're dropping $136 million on the You'd have pen. to try really hard to say, spend that money.
1: <laughs> if you have this much money anyways, I feel like you could get scammed and not even know it. Um, Mark, we have going to okay. get you out of here. Exactly. Like- yeah,
0: do you? Come on. Keep me around. I'm fun, really. You are. That's why you'll be back tomorrow. Uh, You had one quick uh, point asking who bought this thing. They didn't identify the buyer, but the company did say they are from Eastern Europe.
1: All right. We'll just find out who they are on social media. Thank you.
0: That's right. (laughs) Always a pleasure.
1: MARK PHOENIX JOINING US FOR THE BUZZ, HE'LL BE BACK TOMORROW, SAME TIME. Uh, WE HAVE COMMUNICATION SPECIALIST GREG DAVID JOINING US FOR THIS WEEK'S ROUNDTABLE, THAT'S LATER ON IN THE SHOW. ALSO, THERE'S A SPECIAL EVENT BEING PUT ON BY THE DISABILITY RIGHTS COALITION OF NOVA SCOTIA, AND LAURA Bain's GOING TO TELL US MORE ABOUT THAT, BUT UP NEXT, MARY MAMMOLITI IS GOING TO TELL US ABOUT BUDGET-FRIENDLY foodie GIFT GUIDES. WE'LL BE RIGHT BACK, IT'S KELLY AND RUMIA.
2: Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.
1: Someone made it through the first hour of Kelly and Ramya without demanding any pets, but now the co-host is alive. Not just you, Kelly. I'm talking about Glasgow.
3: Well, everybody knows I'm not demanding pets. They know I'm still alive because oh, they can see and hear me. But I'm curious: Have you drank all your coffee? We're Actually, working on this coffee yeah. process with Run.
1: Most Uh-oh. of it, I know. Okay, folks, I... be aware for the nap. I know, but it's it's i I'm, it's still work in progress. Okay, it's it's good. I got an so he's today, though. The, he's fine.
3: there today. Uh, he's Essex is hanging out on the floor. He's here, there.
1: and he yeah, misses you dearly. I'm sure you miss him as well. So I'm not even going to ask you. But um, anyway...
3: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you have the answer.
1: Mm -hmm. Second hour of Kelly and are coming your way, and we're going to get into food convos with Mary Mammoliti.
7: If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mammoliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes.
1: Mary, we only have a couple more segments with you before the end of year, so we got to squeeze in as many fun food convos as we can, right? I can't believe it. This it just flew by. Yeah, it always just flows, flows, flies. Flows, <laughs> flows, flies. <laughs>
3: The Man, day. that's a bird that's too close Ugh. to the water. That's one of those ones that allegedly flies, but doesn't. The day it swims.
1: that we talk <laughs> about words and language and linguistics and grammar is the day that I'm going to sound the most idiotic on the show. That's just how it works, Flat right? Flat flu. Flat flu. Like flows? as a pa- Anyway, um, we want to talk about <laughs> treating ourselves or our foodie friends to the thing that mm-hmm. we've been low-key wanting. So if you're all about the food scene, There are these gifts that pop up these days in our uh, favorite Influencers Kitchen, all over social feeds. So we want to know from you if these are just trendy gifts that are riding the wave, or are they awesome presents that we should actually get for ourselves slash our people? So top picks for the holiday season, the gifts that'll bring a smile to anyone's face if they're a foodie, that's what you got for us today. I do. That's what it's all about today. And picking out a gift that's for a
7: foodie friend who's all about maybe top-notch cookware or discovering hidden gem restaurants. It might seem a bit daunting, but I've got you covered because this year I wanted to be more budget conscious, Mm -hmm. but still bring that joy uh, right to the culinary enthusiast without breaking the bank. So Think of these gifts, anything from $50 or
1: less today. Nice. Is what
7: we're going to talk about, yeah.
1: Oh, I totally love that. Okay, so what do you recommend for a host slash hostess gift? A cordless wine opener.
7: And this one's got its own charging base. So typically, electric wine openers, they can cost anywhere from $20 to $50, making this one that I found a particular particularly reasonable mm. price for, for the uh, type of model that it is. So I found the Circle Joy electric wine opener. It's on Amazon. One charge opens 60 bottles with just a push of a button. And the best part, it's priced at $35.99. Plus there's a $5 coupon that you can add on there. So it brings down the the, top, the uh, total price to $30.99. Wow. So this is like that a is nice. to uncork, right? Yep, right, it's to mm. uncork. Mm. It's to uncork. And some of them have the dual or when you put the cork back on it'll help seal it up a bit. Oh, oh. seal it
3: back. Does Use this one do do you
7: think, Mayor? This one here um I don't believe it does. Um but it does hold a charge for long. And it's got does. its own great charging base to it. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. And just the ease of it. I don't have to with anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going on a total side tangent, but are there uh, wine openers that also double as like the aerators, aeration devices? I don't know what you call those. You know what? There
7: may be something out there. I haven't come across it.
1: Yeah. I
7: haven't come across it, but there may be something out there. There's always something out there. I know. Yeah. Gadgets are. So that's probably on our next list. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get that to us. Okay.
7: Well, I mean, aerator. speaking of aerating oil dispenser, Mm. mm -hmm. right? Oil dispensers, they are one of the most undervalued 100%. pieces of the kitchen equipment, right? You don't even know you were missing it until you actually owned one. Once I got myself one, love it. I don't have to right. lug around that bottle of olive oil when I'm when I'm cooking. When you're looking for an olive oil dispenser, this is what I want you to remember. Try to find one that has good flow control, easy to wash, and has a tight sealed spout design because those are the three main. You want to make sure that all of those are available. My pick Mm -hmm. is OXO, Good Grips Precision Pour Glass Oil Dispenser. It's a 12-ounce, and it's got two flow speeds. So it lets you drizzle or pour olive oil or any Mm. type of oil. Um, It's got that precision to it. It's drip-free spout, so for less mess, which is what I like. Mm -hmm. And then it's got this glass body and stainless steel accents, that glass body, easy to wash, easy to clean. And the stainless steel accents, they're just great for kitchen-to-table appeal.
1: I, uh, and it, yeah. it comes
7: apart so easily, and it's dishwasher safe.
1: And, yeah. and now here's uh, the ticket
7: be... price. Mm-hmm. Ticket price on this one, $17.99, and it's oh, at nice. Kitchen Stuff Plus. And if you don't want to go to these stores, you can order them online. You'll still get the same pricing, and then sometimes they do have that extra coupon online. Yeah.
1: I have a like a halfway solution, which is you get like the caps um, that... That are drizzle like they're not a full dispenser you just put them on your existing olive oil or vinegar bottles and then turn them but i like this better because it's got the two like you can pour or drizzle right and clean it up so you can use it for something else after it would look smart
3: taking it to the table yes that's you know and and especially on your table and stuff right you don't oh what's this uh," you know and and you feel safer um well we were
7: talking about that attachment that goes on top of the bottle that ramya was mentioning Mm. They tend to drip. Yes, it's true, and that's what I like specifically about this one because it does have that snap clip. Um, it snaps closed quickly, so it kind of balances that no yeah. drip. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and that's the experience, like you said, Mayor. The three things that you particularly and and I think a lot of us, it, I don't care if you're vision impaired or not, you just don't want to be dealing with that well, kind of especially stuff. Especially if you're a My goodness. Well, and if you have guests over and people trying, you're talking or whatever, and you look down. Oh my gosh, um, Mayor. What if yeah. you're looking to something new, unique, that one of a kind gift? Okay, this one's one
7: of my favorite finds two words blooming lollipops so when you're you're probably you're probably thinking right now what makes a lollipop so unique well each one it has a unique flavor so blood orange and elderflower lemon and thyme champagne and roses right it's just to name a few of them but once you're done plant the stick and then that stick watch the watch either an herb or a flower grow within three months
1: Oh, so I thought it was just so, so unique. Cute,
7: there it right?
3: is,
7: right? It's the gift that keeps on giving, and they are sourced. I sourced them from Um Amberella Organics. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Ambarello Organics, and you can bundle these cuties up for about $28. I and the love next one this, I, right? Isn't that a great idea? Mm-hmm. I just love this idea. I mean, you treat yourself, it just keeps on going. Yeah, yeah. next one which I thought is a candle warmer, would be my next choice for a unique gift. Mm. Have you heard of a candle warmer? I don't even know what that no, what is. No, like, like I'm sitting there saying, cozy like, for your okay, candle. yeah.
1: Aren't <laughs> candles already warm? That's, Tell us more, please. Yeah, they generate <laughs> so that's their what
7: own heat. That's <laughs> what I thought when I first heard of these. But like everything, when, when burning a candle setting fire to the wick it burns through the wax very quickly Mm. so candle warmer lamp it uses a heating bulb to slowly melt the wax from the top down
1: oh yes my brother tells me this stuff is like amazing okay yeah it's
7: amazing because it's got a whole bunch of reasons but one of them right now, right off the bat, as the candle warms, the scent is released throughout mm-hmm. your space and makes it a safer way to enjoy your favorite scents while making them last significantly yes. longer. So yes. you're, you're That's right. extending the, the lifespan of that candle, right? And they're not cheap anymore. Like candles can be pricey. Oh, we know.
1: Especially so like anything you that candles. you can
7: extend it. Exactly. Um, and sometimes I'm a little weary about burning candles, right? So, what this looks like it looks like a tiny lamp it has a compact base with a warming plate so it's the size of it's the size to fit i would say a jar candle Mm. and you always want to get the candle in the jar do not put a regular wax candle on it just get the candle in the jar and place it on that warming plate on top of this base there's a discrete heating lamp or a heating bulb that's right embedded into this metal or glass lampshade it's not too bright it's really cute it's mm. tiny, so it doesn't occupy a lot of space. Um, and it's also safer to leave a candle warmer unattended than burning a oh, candle, yeah. like we were just saying, right? Oh, There's no yeah. flame to worry about, and it's got a subtle scent. So it does and it... it transforms the kitchen into something really cozy.
1: That's cute. Do you uh light the candle while it's on the warmer or can you just leave it on the no, warmer? You just leave it. On okay. The yep. You just leave it. That's so nice. what lights
7: is the bulb and mm. the bulb is what melts the candle, which releases Rimes. the scent. Now, here's why I love the idea of this gift. It thoroughly melts wax. It's non-toxic. It preserves candles. Check, check. Yep. Um, and it's got an, ex- an aesthetic ambient glow. It's got beautiful glass lampshade, if you like that. Uh, it's electric. The light is dimmable. It comes with two bulbs, right? It could be found online or in stores. So online like Amazon, in stores like Walmart. It can range in price from 30 and up, even 20 and up. I found some.
1: Mm, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely love that's this. That's really cool. And it because you know there's all these other ways that you can um, bring aromas into your home, and that's like the essential mm. oils uh, and things that like that. But that also still includes the the candles. Like you still need to light Some something. Some type of flame. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and exactly. that
3: beautiful scent. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you Absolutely. got one more for us? Super quick. Super quick. Um,
7: I discovered this pistachio liqueur from Italy. It was made, it's made by Bottega. Oh my gosh. They have truly mastered the art of crafting cream liqueurs. So this one's delicious blend, richness, nuttiness, creaminess. It makes it the perfect gift for that person in your life that likes to try new things or just gift it to yourself. Obviously. <laughs> right? It makes, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's a perfect yeah, I'm, I'm dessert sorry. experience. How did you, oh, yeah. how how did did you know? know I was typing that down to gift <laughs> to myself? Uh, <laughs> Mary's peeking over my shoulder.
1: Where do we yeah, find this? You can this purchase
7: there? this LCBO 500ml bottle for twenty
1: seven ninety five. Pistachio. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Mary, thank you. Thank you. Maybe uh, next week, like, there's going to be part two of these gifts that I can buy for myself. A- and my friends. Thanks.
3: Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, well, you know the whole saying. Maybe um, next week will be a question the about a friend. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. just I'm just asking for a friend. I'm exactly. just buying for a friend. Exactly.
1: Sure. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about a special event being put on by the Disability Rights Coalition of Nova Scotia. Laura Bain, who joins us once a month, is going to tell us more about this and other happenings in the area. We'll be right back.
2: Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner.
1: Have on the heels, first of all, of our food conversation with Mary Mammalady talking about that pistachio liqueur uh, that she said we can find at LCBO. Um, Kels, have you tried any of the Baileys aside from the original?
3: No, no, I'm not a big Baileys person, oh, okay. uh, but I can tell you some of the stuff sounds inviting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, they've got so much now, right? They've got the caramel or salted caramel and they've got, um, oh, what is that called? Uh, Red velvet. They've got all these different ones. I was saying that the almond Baileys, if you can find it, is very nice because it's lighter. Like it's supposed to be a lighter Baileys lighter cream lighter fat i don't know whatever. yeah see that's Less
3: what i would stuff. think right some of the others like the red velvet no that wouldn't be no, my thing too but sweet the
1: nut ones for sure exactly anyways these wow. are some of the things we get into on kelly and rumia uh, mary mammoliti was sharing a foodie gift guide with us all very affordable fifty dollars or under for your purchases
3: What nice house gifts to bring somebody at this time of the year, some of the stuff she had, check that out through the podcast. Folks, we now welcome Laura Bain onto the program from Halifax to discuss some stories from the East Coast. LB, nice to have you with us.
6: Yeah, thanks, Dom. I'm drooling through my segment here. Just uh, excuse me for that. (laughs)
3: That's what we did intentionally, talk about. right? Yeah, it, it allows you to, you know, be be drooling while we sit back and don't have to drool and have people say, i oh, they're drooling over that food still." Ah, oh, God. No. Um, you've got an interesting event going on this weekend in Halifax, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to share with us a, a, a little bit about it uh, with some really interesting background. What's the event, first of all?
6: that's right so this event is being put on by the disability rights coalition of nova scotia and they're calling it a community forum and celebration of the systemic human rights remedy so it's happening this saturday afternoon from 2 to 7 p.m at st andrews hall on coburg road in uh, that's a very central location here in halifax with good bus access and uh, there'll be a keynote address which is what you need to know about the systemic human rights remedy There's also workshops and small groups to learn about how you can get involved with the work that the Disability Rights Coalition is doing. And then there's going to be time to celebrate um, and just kind of like be in community. And, uh, you know, this remedy, which I know we're going to talk about, is an important milestone and it didn't say anything about cake celebration oh. to me means cake but i think people will have to show up for <laughs> themselves and see whether or not that's the case it is a free event but they are accepting donations
3: maybe they'll have some of that nut baileys at uh mm-hmm. was on about.
6: <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't count on it yeah, uh, probably not so. eh
3: afterward go home for that
1: in the cake okay so you mentioned <laughs> it's to celebrate the remedy tell us more about that
6: yeah, exactly. So the systemic human rights remedy, which has just sort of been called the remedy, is an agreement that's been reached between the province of Nova Scotia and disability rights activists in June of this year. So essentially, it's a five year plan for deinstitutionalization of people with disabilities in Nova Scotia. So by 2028, residents who are currently Living in institutions in Nova Scotia will be living in community, and a lot of that is going to be small options homes. And these long, uh, large congregate living facilities that we have now are going to be closed, according to this plan. And this, of mm-hmm. course, is also going to be stopping new people kind of entering into the system from having to go on these long waiting lists. And a lot of times that's the reason that people are ending up living in in institutions is because they're waiting for a community placement. So I haven't actually had an opportunity to read the remedy yet. I'm sort of assuming it's going to involve a lot more funding and creation of small options homes. I knew I do know it's available in a number of places, including the Disability Rights Coalition website in plain language, which isn't that so important because yeah. uh, it just increases that accessibility and particularly for the community of people with intellectual disabilities that have been disproportionately impacted by institutionalization so i was really pleased to read that part
1: yeah i mean Mm. when we um go back to the um uh indigenous communities truth and reconciliation plan again that same aspect for me laura going through all the different suggestions i believe is the word they use to describe this uh document and the the plain english was i think the most important part for me that we don't often Mm -hmm. mention outright and think about consciously but Yeah, like these are huge, huge agreements, huge um, impactful documents for different communities. And what is the point if we're not making it accessible uh, and legible for the average person to read?
6: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I think it's great because so many of us need to be able to quantify, and especially for people to be on board, if it's not necessarily part of your community and you're, you're needing to be educated, you need yeah. to be able to uh, connect to it in some way. Um, Laura, we know that some of what was going on in Nova Scotia was being covered nationally in the news, speaking of understanding and bringing awareness, but what is the background on all of this?
6: yeah that's right so folks may have seen some stories in the news about institutionalization and a legal battle in nova scotia and that's because it's going back to 2014 so essentially nova scotia is one of the last provinces in canada where people with disabilities are still often forced to live in institutions due to lack of community options uh, such as small options homes that i mentioned and this is a violation of canada's obligations as a signatory on the un convention on the rights of persons with disabilities. Um, I don't have that wording in front of me. I have dug into this a lot, actually, in my schooling program as a bit of a passion area. uh, But essentially, it does guarantee people with disabilities the right to live in community. Um, So this started with a human rights complaint by the Disability Rights Coalition and three plaintiffs back in 2014, as I mentioned, and these three plaintiffs had been housed for years in a locked psychiatric ward, not because they needed to be there, but because there weren't other options available in the community. So in 2021, a Nova Scotia Court of Appeals agreed with the claim of systemic discrimination. That was an excellent victory, a good moment, but and the province said initially it was going to accept that ruling, but then they turned around and they tried to appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada, which I know felt like a huge slap in the face. But um, the Supreme Court of Canada wouldn't hear the wouldn't hear wouldn't hear the case. Mm. Uh So then it was after that time that the province got to work on this, what we're calling the remedy. Um, yeah. And then a few weeks ago, the premier uh, kind of surprised the community by making an apology for historic systemic discrimination against people with disabilities, which no one was expecting. And I think it's been really welcome. But of course, action has to follow words. That's it. Yeah.
3: That's right. Like, I mean, even perceiving what the the smaller circumstances in community might be, you know, there's so much to have conversation over, what side, how many, you know, units or or what are they going to look like are people going Mm -hmm. to live in what makes them proud too of where they are not just well you're lucky we're we're, we've put these in place We we want to feel proud of our home to be able to have enough Mm -hmm. space to to live to move maybe have somebody over Uh, obviously we understand there's limits and just like anyone um limits to what you can afford and have so i'm anxious to see what those look like laura yeah
6: Absolutely. And I mean, I know we visited a small options home as part of an AMI story that I did back when I was the Halifax reporter. And when we stopped in, you know, the residents were in the process of like making blueberry muffins, right? And they went over to visit a next door neighbor to help with clearing out some trash. So these are things that everybody should be able to experience, you know, having neighbors, just being able to be involved in meal prep, have some decisions over their lives. So very, very important. Nice. Yeah,
1: and dealing with the frustrations of the community on a different levels, so I think the apology's a good start and baby steps, but we recognize that there's got to be much more done. Laura, you have another uh, event that you wanted to highlight that's also for a good cause.
6: Yeah, so this is an online auction for Andrew Jensen, who is a well-known member of the Halifax disability community. They've worked for the Tetra Society. Some people will be familiar with them. They're involved in like adaptations for devices for people with disabilities. Uh, They've also worked for the Accessibility Directorate, working on the provincial accessibility legislation. And so they're in need for a surgery for tethered cord syndrome, and they're traveling to the states for that. So the cost of the surgery, the travel, and an access hotel is going to be about $80,000. So they've been trying to raise money in the community in a few different ways, and this is the largest event that they've had so far, which is the online auction.
3: Wow, so nice. I, I mean, what Tetris does, I, I'm always singing the praises, uh, because we know there's so much value, as we see here, for, for so many for so many people, so many options um, and such dedication. What's, what sort of items are up for grabs with this auction?
6: This is the fun part. There's some really, really cool items. Okay, a three-night stay on a private island in New Brunswick with a 45,000-square-foot lake house that accommodates up to 12 people
1: excuse me that's the first one like my goodness oh
6: man i think this came to the top when i looked this afternoon because it's one of the more popular items but it comes with a private gated causeway so you don't even need a boat to get there Uh, and there's also optional housekeeping services now as a maritimer i would say that might be one if you do bid on that and win it save it for the summer. I mean, your choice, yes. but uh-huh. New Brunswick is very nice. Well, the, especially if you the want summer. to listen
3: on water, the, the, those waves banging in there and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, you might want to sleep outside. Oh, sounds That's wonderful.
6: Right. Uh, there's also, there's two signed copies of Elliot Page's memoir, Page Boy, Elliot Page, of course, being a Halifax native. There's a custom knit vest with your pet's portrait on it. So who doesn't want that? <laughs> you can pick out your colors and they um, knit it with your pet. There's five virtual counseling sessions with a mental health professional. Hmm. I was thinking, well, who doesn't need that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and then there's all sorts of different services. There's, um, you know, massage, tattooing, haircuts, and there's lots of different works of art and things like that. So it's really a very diverse set of things. What a variety. Uh, of I know.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would be down for any slash all of this, and which is great because then you're bidding on more than one thing for a cause. Is it just for people in Nova Scotia?
6: it's not so some things like you know massage services uh tattooing services for example are going to be more useful to people who are local but other things can be shipped across canada and what i like about this is that every single item has details about whether the cross canada shipping is included or not and if it's not Mm -hmm. the winning bidder has the option to cover the cost of shipping themselves like if you just really want something and it's not on there and i also found that everything had pretty good uh like, descriptions of the items, which is also helpful if you can't see the photos.
3: Wow. What, what, I mean, these are pretty generous um, items that that are being contributed for the cause, and I just love it, and I like that little detail. Hey, man, this can be shipped to you here. You pick up the cost, or you don't. When is yep. this happening?
6: So it's happening right now. It's running until December 9th, so if you want to take part, you should move fast. And people can go to 32, that's the number, 32, auctions.com forward slash auction for andrew if they want to view the items and make the make a bid now, I, as I say, I looked at this this afternoon. The auction's doing pretty well. So they have a goal of raising $20,000, and right now it's just at about 15000 So that was really awesome to see. Now, I'm sure they are not going to complain if they raise $40,000. So no. <laughs> I think I'll be getting on there in the next day or so and having a little look to see if there's anything, uh, anything that might interest me. Well, I know there's lots of things that interest me, but <laughs> anything that I want to pick up.
3: Two more days uh what's this yeah the seventh so the ninth it closes people get in there and and get picking i don't know of course that 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 i mean the island just jumps right out but there are so many other things there that are really great I just think it's so wonderful when you can talk about whether it's, it's, it's counseling services that you may wish to bid on, whether for you or maybe someone else in life. At, you know, even though, like you said, Laura, all of us could, could use conversation, could use someone to talk to, but there's so many other wonderful things to suit anyone's interest, needs um, or desires
6: oh yeah absolutely and andrew jensen does identify as a member of the 2s lgbtq plus community here and i noticed that a lot of the services were kind of sensitive to that and i noticed that for the counseling services as well that it was with a 2s lgbtq plus um mental health professional so uh, just very inclusive i think of of disability and different identities with the items which is great to see
3: fantastic laura wonderful stuff we'll talk to you next month best
6: yeah, of the
3: yeah thanks so much Laura Bain joining us on the program we talk to her once a month on the show and kind of get uh, you know some of the stories some of the feel what's
1: going on out there on the east coast it's great reporting and I always love a good auction for the community after the mm. break we've got a round table coming up and Greg David communication specialist can never get enough of Greg so he's joining us on the round table Kelly McDonald's picked out some topics and we'll get through them with you on Kelly and Ramia
2: It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute.
1: Welcome back. As we continue the show here, Kelly and Ramia, thanks for tuning in. 2 p.m. Eastern time, live on weekdays on AMI-TV. And then we got a couple of repeats, of course. On AMI-audio, we hang out with you starting 4 p.m. Eastern time during the weekdays and wherever, whenever on your podcast platform. Kelly, over to you.
3: You know, there's a benefit to having an afternoon show. You yeah. need it every day to be where we are at 2 p.m. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you don't have to, like some of the other staff, sit through all-day meetings. Really? Like, there was a recent one that I heard about. Now, I didn't know anything else about it, right, Right? because we, we weren't invited. But the point is, mm-hmm. a bunch of staff had to sit there all day. And I hear there was some great presentation. But they had to sit there, Rum, all day. Really? You would have to move to two cups of coffee for sure. Stop
1: it. No, I'm yeah. fine with the one cup. But anyways, I'm not in the no, room. So doesn't to, matter. No, but you have to in
3: this situation, right? That's because... You have an afternoon show. Mm. And once a week on it, we have a round table. Let's get at it. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table?
0: Well, it's actually it oval. Just say yeah. it.
3: The blind guy feels it now, goes, <laughs> well, I, don't know, I, will say, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. So here's what we're doing today, folks. We, uh, bring a few items to the table <clears throat> I do and I invite Ramya and our guest who today is Greg David from our communications department to weigh in on some of these topics and give opinions, thoughts, feelings, whatever they might have on them. Greg, welcome back it was uh, nice to see you in Toronto yesterday
8: Yeah, nice to see you too and and you know, th- those meetings I agree, the only thing that keeps you going is all that free food that they bring in to keep you Yum.
1: awake Not just leftovers from yesterday though like oh. other free food
8: Oh, yeah, the, the food during the, the meeting on Tuesday when we were planning the future of Kelly and Ramya, that was really good food.
1: Because it yeah, was and, a really and good Ra-
3: future. Uh, that yes. was the...
8: Oh, the future plans were
3: great. Uh, but the food we had yesterday, Rum, was probably the leftovers from Tuesday.
1: Oh, uh, no.
8: no. No, it was not. No, it, no, it, it was wasn't. Not. And no, it wasn't. And by the way, I understand the Kelly and Ramya team, who got to go up to the food first because of their show at we deserve PM, it. ate all of the tacos. There were no tacos when I Get showed up. out. out. Thanks, Michelle. I took one
1: of each. All right. Uh And there were many. Michelle.
8: Michelle sure went up and lots. advocated to HR
3: <laughs> that we be the first group to go up there. You know, after they were And they were up for anything since they were celebrating and winning the we contest. We didn't even they, win the contest. That they had so. put together, yeah. you know, of naming, <laughs> naming artists and tunes and stuff like that, put together by the HR department, if I didn't mention that. <laughs> uh, Greg, let's talk about music. As a matter of fact, Canadian singer-songwriter Miles Goodwin, who shot the stardom as the former lead singer of the rock band April Wine, passed away earlier this week.
6: Miles Goodwin died early Sunday in Halifax at the age of 75. His publicist, Eric Alpert, describes Goodwin as a breath of fresh air.
9: He was just one of the great songwriters in the era of classic rock.
6: The band formed in Halifax in 1969 and went on to sell over 10 million recordings worldwide. Alper says Goodwin stepped away from the band earlier this year due to health issues and no longer wanting to live out of a suitcase. But he continued to perform and work with other musicians.
7: I'm going to
4: miss him terribly.
6: April wine was added to Canada's Walk of Fame this fall. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press.
3: So we were talking about being added to the Walk of Fame and how that stuff goes with Corinne yesterday and, of course, April Wine from Laura Bain's uh, hometown there of Halifax. Greg, when I hear that, I think, wow, there's a lot more tunes I know. And I think it's a little bit beyond Canadian content reasons that I know so many of the tunes from April Wine and and, and the history. Uh this one of your bands growing up? I,
8: yes, I was a little too... I was a little too young. Cause I think they were out yeah, in too. the seventies more than the eighties, but certainly they were like all of the clips that we just heard there. I knew those, one, uh, the, all of those songs. I was going to make a just between you and me joke, but then the song came on. So the joke was null and void, but yeah, I was kind of <laughs> late to, to April wine. I kind of discounted them because of the can con Kelly that you and I grew up with where, you know, Canadian music and singer songwriters had to be featured on Canadian radio. So I think I had my nose up a little bit at them at the time, but I came to them later. Um, probably in my late teens early 20s and that was when i really started to appreciate them and what a loss i just heard an interview with miles uh, not too uh, earlier this year where he was talking about stepping away from the stage but was still doing kind of personal performances and things like that so yeah a huge loss and and one of those times where you go to like apple music to their their playlist and you think wow i know like all of these songs
3: And, and you feel a little like the Canadian content was jammed down our throat when it came to a yeah. band like that. Like, my siblings absolutely really loved April Wine. Um, but I feel that way growing up to, in our era, Greg Moore with the Tragically Hip. It was a band that, I, uh, to me, they were overrated. Yeah. But I love what they are to Canada.
8: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yes, it's Tragically Hip. Again, a band that was shoved down our throats on radio, and now I've come to later in life and really, really appreciate the songs, which is great. That's kind of what you want, right?
3: Rum, is there a Canadian band in your kind of... Oh, dear. Well, you know, th- that you would come to... And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot on that because... Or artist, doesn't necessarily have to be a band, but, you know, somebody that either you... Whether you know or not, a lot of time we don't even know. I don't even realize yeah. sometimes, oh, I didn't realize that person was from Canada.
1: I guess... well, And for me, like, even if you realize they're from Canada, there is kind of this, do I really like them or do I like them because mm-hmm. they're Canadian? Because they're right. Canadian. Yeah, exactly. And I felt that way about Nelly Furtado. I'm not going to say too much... Because I know you've had her on the show and she's done a lot for, you know, just like supportiveness around the community. Um, But really, like when I was growing up and she was a big deal because she was Canadian and she was just topping the charts in all these different ways, I didn't like her. I didn't like her music. I didn't like her voice. I was like, oh, you know, how is she popular? But then you try to appreciate or start to appreciate it in that sense that I just mentioned, which is, but she's Canadian. And regardless of whether or not you have the music taste for these artists, um, you can appreciate, like, on the bigger scale of things, what it does to put Canada on the map, right? And in entertainment and these unique ways, I guess.
8: Like the Brian mm-hmm. right? yeah. Adams mystique, yeah. right? Brian Adams is everywhere. Yeah. I was just going to say that, Kelly, like it almost feels, and this has been kind of a, the detriment to Canada, is that we don't accept somebody until they've actually left Canada and become successful somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. And I think yeah, Until Brian someone Adams else tells does... us it's okay, right? Exactly. Or we like you them. know, oh, 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 yeah. oh, the US likes Brian Adams. Oh, I guess I can like Brian Adams now. Or, you know, Shania Twain, all of these bands where uh, you know, there's they find success worldwide and then Canada embraces them. So, oh, we love them the whole time because of who they are. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's
3: funny because most of the other countries well, particularly the, the u.s don't even know he's canadian like, yeah that, they just that's right i like brian out they don't care yeah the opposite right?
1: problem also like um you know drake is so huge and now you're supposed to love him because and he's canadian and because right. he's huge but i'm like ugh, just not, i can't stand drake but i don't feel like i'm allowed to say that anymore because
3: he he's was, too uh, big he's too good he, he's part of that degrassi history Yeah. He was on that. Yeah. I I didn't really realize that until fairly recent, but oh, yeah, like I'd hear the references. Guys, I want to talk about somebody else who passed away uh, this week. Uh, Legendary television producer Norman Lear passed away at the age of 101.
2: Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Norman Lear produced some of the most popular sitcoms of the 1970s, including the classic All in the Family. The show, which premiered in 1971, was based on a British sitcom, Till Death Us Do Part. In a TV legends interview, Lear said when he read the script... I thought, oh my God, my dad and me, we fought about all of these things. In 1999, President Bill Clinton awarded Lear the National Medal of Arts, noting that Norman Lear has held up a mirror to American society and the way we look at it. Bill Deal, ABC News. So, Ramya, I think...
3: Of friends and all the shows you watch uh, in that 90s period, and of course Norman Lear around for it, it, through that time and. Um, but so much stuff that he did early in the days had some of that dialogue you listen to now and say, whoa, that, that's a little harsher. That's rough. Where, you know, a dialogue over time changes, where some of the more harsher terms that we'd say, you, you don't say that on TV now, were replaced by more of the sexual references or the things that we were allowed kind of to say that there's no way they could say in the 60s and 70s. Mm. Um, I don't know if you have a show that you know he produced or that you, you might want to point to, but I thought I'd start there before letting Greg at this one.
1: No, Greg's going to have to take it, but I will say, yeah, there's a lot of, like, throwing back to TV series or even movies, I guess, where uh, you know you're going to have to gasp first, right, and then maybe react Mm. later, especially when it comes to comedy, um, because you're thinking, like, is that appropriate? Oh, am I allowed to? You know, that kind of thing, and I guess, yeah, things don't necessarily— um stay timeless anymore because we're paying much more attention to language to tone to uh references and diversity and all these other things
3: Greg a favorite show first of all produced by him I know you're the master with this we talked last year about the celebration of his life that was uh, uh on ABC I think it was I think we lost Greg there for a second.
1: Or maybe he doesn't know Um, the answer. He's going to plead the fifth. Or he's
3: staying silent, saying, no, I'm (laughs) leaving you alone. You guys are stuck out here on your own. We'll get him back there. I, for me, um, I never really knew which shows were his and some of the others, Mm. and they're brilliant, brilliant producers. Um, I mean, yet, just like some of the game shows, I could tell... Oh, this were produced by this because they had the similarities, the style. I might say, hey, this is a show, so and probably could list off three or four shows right. without knowing this is Norman Lear, but it's that same caliber of show in a different venue, um, or necessarily, you know, even a spin-off of, you know, something else. Where he said this show, um, you know, the Jeffersons, has to come up to complement, um, you know, Archie Bunker. We need that opposite side, but yet the same kind of person and I, I found i didn't really know a lot of that it was interesting watching the special last year because there were shows like oh really mod really this wa-? I I didn't didn't know i may have knew know, knew the shows and i'm not as a kid i wasn't a huge comedies fan mm-hmm. but as i progressed into the 80s and got to know a little bit more of that stuff um and and appreciate it i mean yeah. archie bunker i didn't appreciate it. he scared me but yet George Jefferson, I could relate to as a simpleton. Just He's a silly man, right? You know, he's so ignorant. Oh, my God. And for some reason, same period of time, I couldn't connect the dots with Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker was an intimate, and I don't know if that's, you know, being a young black Canadian, if that has something to do with it, um, whereas I certainly could peg George Jefferson as a racist, even, you know, the black racist that he was. Um, so really interesting dichotomy that I found that I that these shows, Norman Lear stuff, kinda placed me in.
1: Mm, I I won't go back to what you said about you know being able to recognize people's works from one show to another or like they've had their hand in the that pot in the writing pot but um also I wonder if a lot of that has to do with just popularity of certain kinds mm-hmm. of shows one gets popular and then of course everybody wants to get the the gold the formula of how this became a thing so then you'll kind of do a maybe a, a, you called it spin-off but you know a gesture of that same kind of comedy, or um, that similar feel of joking around, or just to kind of see if you can do what's already being done, but differently enough yeah. that people will come to your show.
3: Yeah, uh, and, and Greg, we're talking, of course, the similarities. When you, I, I did not recognize Norman Lear his shows from show to show to show in the sense of, oh, that's a Norman Mm -hmm. Lear, especially when I was younger, but I understood the connection of, oh, Archie Bunker versus George Jefferson, like Godzilla versus, you know, Gamera.
10: Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier about April Wine and that they were kind of a staple of the 70s. Well, Norman Lear was a staple of the 60s and the 70s. And I mean, whether it was, uh, you know, All in the Family was a spinoff from a British show, but I mean, he just cemented what the American sitcom was during that time period. Uh, and anything that came after that can look back. And even late night hosts have said, like, without a guy like Norman Lear, I wouldn't have wanted to be in television in the first oh, place. Wow. So you know, he had a great he had a great career, and he I think he kind of influenced probably two to three generations of people.
3: Yeah. I would think so, and just continued not just because he was around, but the impact those shows—whether you watched *Mod* or watched, yep. uh, you know, jo- *The Jeffersons*—it's what came afterward and how things. We were talking about the dialogue and the form of dialogue that you could say in the '70s, and uh, we couldn't do maybe in the '80s. Could do different things in the '90s, you know, more of the sexual references. Where in the '70s you wouldn't say some of that, and but yet in the, in the '70s you could use words that we say now. No, 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 no,
10: no. Well, not only that, but, you know, as funny as those shows were, they could be very, very serious. I mean, you mentioned yes. Maude. There was an abortion storyline in Maude. Um, uh, there was a sexual assault in All in the Family. Uh, so, you know, they weren't... Even though he made you laugh, he also made you think with some very, very serious moments on those, on mm. those shows. Yeah. Mm.
3: Yep, yep, for sure. Switch the food, guys. Industry experts say there's still plenty of growth in the, for, for plant-based um meat products despite recent setbacks
1: it's been more than five years since a and w first started selling beyond meat burgers to customers eager to see whether the patties could compete with their beloved beef these days the plant-based meat industry has seen the exponential growth that marked its early days significantly slow Beyond Meat recently announced layoffs, and in Canada, it's been a couple of years since Maple Leaf Foods announced it was reevaluating its plant protein business as demand cooled. But Robert Carter with the Stratton Hunter Group says consumers still want to reduce their meat consumption and adds that as economic conditions improve, they will start to show more interest in plant based meat again. Brenda Molina Navidad, The Canadian Press.
3: So I've said on the show that I'm more of a believer that we should just count the whether it's vegetarian stuff or uh, plant-based meat, whatever, as a food item. Uh, like going to a buffet and you're just picking out something because, whether it's a tofu item or what it might be, that's, Ramya, where I feel if we didn't necessarily say, you know this is plant did I tell you this was plant-based? Jive it down our, our throat and saying <laughs> it, yeah. which, unfortunately, if you're told this is beyond meat, huh? as opposed to this is an item called whatever, you call this item, and just eat it.
1: Try it. Yeah, honestly, like, it, I feel that not just growing up, like, in your own family and how adventurous you were with food, but also just culturally, it makes such a big difference for me. I grew up having lots and lots of vegetarian exposure, like, food exposure. So when I hear Beyond Meat or when I hear, like, I go, as you say, um, through... Uh, like a buffet kind of situation unless it's raw vegetables i will be down to try whatever and not averse to you know the non-meat options um but i feel like some people are just because of the resistance of mm-hmm. never having had you're always thinking of meat as the staple
3: yeah uh, uh greg how about you feel this i know for myself i've not really tried it
10: yeah I'll, I'll i'll eat it it's i think what turns people away is that trademark right like whatever the name of that plant yeah. is that they've yeah. created that's plant-based it maybe turns people off i um i was ordering out uh i was ordering some chicken wings the other night and they advertised uh plant-based uh you know boneless wings and i didn't get them i went with the with the, the chicken but i'm not adverse to trying out new things i think Uh, technology has gotten to the point where it isn't about the consistency anymore. Like you remember in the, in the very beginning people would say, Oh, it's, it's rubbery or, whatever. um, you know, it just isn't, it doesn't have the same mouthfeel, but I think that the technology is there enough now that there is that mouthfeel where people aren't turned off the way that it was. And and there's also, I don't feel like there's a stigma to it. Like a few years ago, there would have been Mm -hmm. a stigma attached to it, but I don't think there is anymore. Yeah
3: uh pal thanks a lot for joining us it was again nice to see you over the last couple of days well us yesterday but uh glad you had a safe trip back to toronto and back home and appreciate you making time for the round table
10: thanks so much for having me
3: guys greg david join us from our communications department to talk here on the round table we do this thursdays on kelly and Rumya.
1: Taking a break and then coming back to wrap the show with you. Of course, we've got teasers for tomorrow's show. We've got another strange fun of unofficial holiday. And we've got uh, what's going on with Now with Dave Brown, the Friday morning edition. We'll be right back.
2: We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break.
1: know how um, Greg accused us of eating all the mini tacos and said that it it was because of us they ran out of tacos yeah right first of all and second of all (laughs) I only had two chocolate covered strawberries okay that's my favorite thing as a dessert option that was there yesterday Um, so does that
3: make up for the tacos No,
1: this has nothing to do with any of that. Listen, the two chocolate-covered strawberries I had reminded me that once upon a time I was so obsessed with the chocolate-covered strawberries at Mandarin, Mandarin All-You-Can-Eat Buffet, that I Mm -hmm. uh, had it once... And then the next trip to Mandarin, I called ahead of time to find out if they have chocolate-covered strawberries at the location I was planning to go to. They didn't, so I called every Mandarin I could in the city. You figured it out? Until the one, yeah, until one said, yes, we do have chocolate-covered strawberries today for dinner, and then I trekked over to that Mandarin because it was very important. They were huge, they're ginormous, and the layer of chocolate on those things were so good. I couldn't uh, go there if they didn't have did it.
3: I, did I ever wish I could laugh at you? Just like some <laughs> of the audience is saying you're chasing chocolates. chocolate yeah, strawberries. strawberries. Oh, my there gosh. It was the but, reason but,
1: why I agreed to the Mandarin in the first place. So, oh, anyways. But, <clears throat>
3: I have chased Mooncake, so...
1: Uh, see? Exactly. No, we all have <laughs> stories like this. We know. We know. Uh, reminder that you can check out Kelly and Ramya on your favorite podcast platform. Any time of day, we're available in segment form and in full show format, easier to share. Also, now with Dave Brown available on podcast and their morning show or the morning show on AMI-tv is every weekday at 9 a.m. Eastern time live. So, Kelly, what do they have coming up on the Friday show?
3: Of course, their Friday different look of show because they start with the news panel with Joey Goethe from The Pulse. Journalist Michelle McQuig and they join Dave Brown to talk about some of the big stories of the week. Time Magazine naming Taylor Swift its Person of the Year and Forbes Magazine calling her the fifth most powerful woman of 2023. The panel will uh, provide their thoughts on Tay-Tay's significance in this year. Laura Bain will have the uh, entertainment report for you and... AMI, look at our last two people on our show today. AMI communications specialist Greg David will talk about some of the upcoming holiday movie classics that will be filling our TV screens for at least the last next couple of weeks, if it hasn't been filling your TV screen for the last...
1: Already? Oh, the what, last six five months. and a half months? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that begins at 9 a.m. in the morning on AMI-tv.
1: It's so weird to say the nicknames, like the l- beloved nicknames of celebrities if you're not an actual fan. You well, know, because, like I'm because just you're so scared you'll screw it up yeah. and people
3: out there will scream at you and turn you off saying, you really yeah. don't know anything, do you? It
1: just doesn't sound authentic. You know, you say Tay-Tay and I'm like, oh God, like we really do not sound like Taylor Swift of fans. And I'm and only
3: that. reading what Polly put. It's the same I, thing
1: with Swifty, right? When we're talking about you, it? Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. Anyway, um... But we
3: apologize. We apologize.
1: Obviously, we're not real fans. Sorry. We just had to get (laughs) the story across. No, 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 don't say that. You'll really get in trouble. Oh, my God. From Dave Brown, yeah. Okay, kiss (laughs) and make up day. All right, Kiss and Makeup Day, people. It is an unofficial, but yet true, holiday. And it is on uh, August 25th, every year. Jackie Milgate pitched the idea of Kiss and Makeup Day to chase uh, the calendar of events, and this was in the 1992 edition of the magazine. And uh, what was it? Yes, in the publication of 1992. It was the idea to have a day... She thought it would be neat to have a day dedicated to making amends, which is sweet, which is for relationships that need amending, and that's what she told The Huffington Post. Uh, She grew up in an Italian family where there was a lot of discord, and she chose August 25th, because it's her birthday. The tradition caught on. She said she's done radio interviews with DJs from as far away as Australia. She's received letters from across the country and Kiss and Makeup Day was even featured in A Wrigley Gone Mad in USA Today. So, there you go. Kiss and Makeup Day. It doesn't have to be August 25th. It can be today for you. Celebrate. On tomorrow's edition of Kelly and Ramia, we have Gardening with Susan Kearney, and she's highlighting types of pines. She's also telling us about what she's put together for the outdoor arrangement. Also, we have App Update with John Beeler. Kells, you're out tomorrow. Grant and I will be back. Have a fun Thursday evening, and catch you later. What's something that's pretty normal for most people, but never really was normal for you? Maybe it's normal now, because you've adopted it, but wasn't always. For me, it's pajamas. I never understood pajamas. I did grow up with people, like, knowing that people wear pajamas, these very particular sleep outfits, and (laughs) that people owned them, and it was a thing. But honestly, the first pair of pajamas I got was... Literally for the reason that I was going to camp and it was on the list. And I was like, oh crap, I think we have to sleep in pajamas. But we didn't grow up having particular sleep clothes. We just slept in whatever was what we called home clothes. So, you know, stuff you would never wear out. And stuff that was just worn and, you know, I don't have to go any further in detail in that. But you get what I'm saying. And pajamas were always kind of like, oh yeah grab those pair of pajamas because you got to go to camp again so take out the one pair that you own because and hopefully it fits because we haven't bought pajamas in three years now as an adult I've been gifted pajamas I actually own more than a few pairs and I wear them eh, here or there it's still not normal but it is kind of comfy cozy right to have like a slumber party feel but again it's like a special occasion feeling thing and I just really only ever divided clothes as